Good evening, everybody. I'm super excited to be here again tonight, a um, little bit longer than last week. Um, and, and tonight, I'm not going to dig in deep into apologetics or anything like that, what we did the last couple of times, a little bit more light-footed because it is Valentine's Day and, and, and um, Bob just shamed old men here. Um, I've never written my wife a song, and, and we're all very thankful for that, and we can all say amen to that, by the way, so, um, but happy Valentine's Day, everybody, and thank you for being here tonight. So, tonight, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about fruit and words and um, I'm, as some of you know, I'm, I'm a real, I'm a talker, what they call a talker. You almost got to, you know, punch me to, sh- to shut me up. Love to talk. And um, I'm a real foot-in-the-mouth kind of guy, too. I was more than I am today. In my office, um, with buddies, in traffic, when I'm alone, a lot coming out, too. Um, especially, of course, in the past, before I found my faith. Um, the way I talked in school, the way I talked playing sports, the way I talked on dates, I lied through my teeth. And in sports, when I'm, I'm, I'm playing, I was a soccer player, when I'm coach, when we play, there's all kinds of stuff coming out, ain't it? So I would like, I was a, no surprise, maybe I'm, I was a center defender. Um, I had kind of like the nickname of like the vacuum cleaner or one of the twin towers. You know, when there's a collision, you put your money on the Sequoia. That was me. And I could, with a smile on my face, just shovel someone under the grass like no other. And I was really good at getting into people's head. And especially when I would get somebody, my direct opponent, really ticked off. I knew this is the time not to go easy. It's time to turn it up a little bit more. Let's see how far I can push him. And um, this, this foul came out. And it was just even in my head. I was like, dude, that's, <laughs> that ain't right. You know, but I would, I, I remember running to the ref and saying, oh, whoa, 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 nothing happened. You know, this is, it was an accident. That's not me. Well, I just like decapitated somebody. Um, and then, and then when you watch sports, I'm a fantastic heckler and that's not something I'm proud of. Um, I still like to heckle a little bit but just not to the extent that I go online on my phone and find out the guy who I'm going to heckle, what his mom's name is and his sister's name, and just, you know, turn on the heat a little bit. It's, um, you know, in Europe, when you go to, to soccer matches, and it's actually football, and I've said that here before, and I stand by it, um, 
You, you don't want to bring your kids. You want to bring a camera because very often more of the action is in the stands than, than on the pitch, actually. My goodness, I've heard some creative stuff coming from thousands of people at the same time pointing at one guy, these chants and so on. Um, I, was, I was pretty good at it, and um, I certainly didn't mind any people around me, let alone would I check if there were any kids sitting around me that could hear me speak. Um, it was not a good thing. And, 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 and speaking of, of creative words, um, most of you know that I work in the farming business. Um, there's a lot of creativity in the, the choices of words there as well. It's almost as bad as a kitchen, uh, which is pretty bad. Um, but, but, you know, in the farming business, I, I've, I've learned a thing or two about what it requires to produce vegetables, in my case, to produce fruits. I know I have a pretty good idea what it's going to require for a plant to mature and to deliver good vegetables, good fruit. And, and you may not be a farmer, and I'm really not the guy in the field, by the way, but you guys probably guessed that. Um, we're all in a way, producing something. In every part of our lives, um, we're producing something. And it manifests itself in our actions, in our works, but also our words, ain't it? So tonight's, tonight's message, I'm, I'm going to call Proofs in the Pudding. Because it means that the only way to tell what something is, is to put it to the test, to get some evidence, get a taste of it. And this is also in the Bible, and that's what we're going to do tonight. So before I read it, let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for bringing all these people here tonight, Father. Father, we pray that you'll speak to us collectively and individually, Lord, and that you'll open our eyes and our, heart and our hearts and our ears to receive from you what we need to hear. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to go to um, Luke chapter 6, and we're going to talk about two verses here. So um, I think they're going to be up on the screen, but I'll read them to you. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, in his heart. and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Those simple couple of verses are very telling, aren't they? It basically holds up a mirror to us and really illuminates what we really are. And the background of this particular part in Scripture is um, 
in, 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 God's, in Luke's gospel is, is, is a section known as uh, Sermon on the Plain. This is where Jesus is, is teaching a message to, to fellow believers, hundreds of them. Um, and, and since this is a message to believers, I think there's immediately for us, the way we read and receive this, an application for us. And in this chapter, Jesus teaches to be merciful, just as our Heavenly Father is merciful to us. He asks us to judge not, not to condemn and to be forgiving. And the only way for Christians to do any of these things consistently is to have a changed heart. So when we're looking at these verses, the tree, that's us. That's us. The way we are, the way we act, pretend, very often just fool ourselves even a little bit. The heart in this area is, is what's inside us, the foundation of our being. And we store things up in there, which kind of points or suggests that there's an abundance of it and that we store it up. And the fruit, that's a result of our works, our actions, our words, anything that comes out. And the Bible has a lot to say about, about speech. And I realize I'm doing all the talking here. Um, but in, in, in Matthew 12, um, we read, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Yes. Yes. Jesus is talking about hypocrisy here. In Proverbs 18, it reads, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This suggests and it points at the power of our words. And in, in James 3, uh, you know, James spends a whole chapter talking about this. So Jesus is saying that a tree is known by its fruit, and I want to unpack that here a little bit tonight. Um, so when he's talking about this uh, in verse 44, that people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, bushes or grapes from briars. It's, this is not a, a, a 101 produce horticulture lesson, right, that we're getting from, from, from Jesus. He's really trying to tell us something else, right? So what Jesus is here essentially saying is that it's very obvious what kind of tree you are. Because your fruit good fruit, bad fruit, or, or lack thereof, will expose you for the world to see. So, so and, and if I continue, and I'm paraphrasing verse 45, it teaches that what's inside a man will come out. Think about that. What's inside of you will come out through your actions, including your words. So, Jesus has a pretty strong message here. So even back then, I think he had good reasons to share this warning. And we know that in this day and age, we need to hear this again. I need to hear this again. So there's four truths in this section. Number one, we produce outwardly what we are inwardly. Two, What's in our heart will show up on our hands. 
Number three, what's in our heart comes out of our mouth. And number four, what's in us in internally eventually shows up externally. That's the, here's the reality check. What, what kind of tree are you? What are you producing? Because we're all producing, right? What are you producing? Are you only holy on a Sunday morning here at Calvary? Or Monday night? Or when you hang out with Christian friends? Robbie? Right? No, we're not. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to, to, to point you out, brother, because I know you're, you're a good one. But, but I've, I've been guilty of that. I think we all, at times, are guilty of that. Maybe in the comfort of your home, when, when little things that don't go your way, and you catch yourself completely overreacting to something that's really not that important, not something significant. If that happens in your life, it may be time for a revival. In traffic, if, if, if you forget something, if you mess up something, in my case, when electronics in my house don't work, I have a tendency to completely flip out. Out of control because uh, a remote control isn't working. It's the battery. I just almost lose my salvation sometimes. I don't know why you guys are laughing. Am I alone here? Okay, I get a few hands. Thank you. So, so how would your friends describe you? Maybe not necessarily even the friends that are here with you on Sunday morning. Are you really satisfied with your utilization of the power of speech? I know I got a rapid mind, a rapid mouth, and a foot in it. So I, I, I know I can get in trouble, and it's by God's grace I haven't done it here yet. The problem is, is that when, when these things happen, and I think we can all recognize this, is that it's just not a quick fix. When I flip out a little bit, it doesn't mean that I'm losing my salvation, really. I joke about it, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't. But what it does point at is that there may be more going on inside you than you actually know. That's what Jesus is addressing here. And he's holding up a mirror. So, so you can maybe ask yourself a couple of questions. Is like speaking in the analogy of the tree and the fruit. Because it's a really strong one. It's a really, really good one. Of course, it comes from Jesus' mouth. But what, what are you doing to tend the tree? What environment is your tree planted? Are you planted? Location is important. Tell me a little bit about your surroundings. Is there enough water, sunlight, or is there ivy growing around you? Do you need some pruning? 
Everybody? Yep. Is your soil in need of some fertilizer? I know for a fact that's a yes. I, I think Nate once said, there's two kind of people in the world. People that believe that people deep down inside are good and people that have toddlers. So, do you have any unwanted guests living in that tree, like any nests that are eating up the tree. So the big question, of course, is can, can, can the tree survive big storms? And fact is, is that the fruit that we produce is telling something about our condition. And the big warning here is that an immature tree will not withstand a big storm. Sometimes we try to hide it a little bit. We, we compromise or we fake it, right? But eventually the, your true self is going to come out. And Jesus sets that straight in, in, in verse 43. Bad trees can't have good fruit. Like... If you have a, a, a tree that doesn't have fruit, there's something wrong with it. And you may be able to fake it by buy some apples at a market and tape them on there just to impress your neighbor. <laughs> I think we've all done it at one point, right? So think about that. You can't tape apples on a tree. So why not a real fix? And we may not all be, you know, the same kind of tree. You know, if you're an apple tree, don't, don't try to grow pears, right? It's not going to work. And the, and, the, and the beauty of this statement is, is that there is a unique plan for each of you, Amen. for your fruit. Amen. So don't try to mimic what someone else is doing. I'm not trying to be Mike here. I'd love to because he's a fantastic teacher, but I'm not. But you have a specific purpose. So I, I think the, re, the response here from what we're learning in these couple of verses here is that we, we need to fuel the root system, our condition of our hearts. Because the condition of the root is going to really decide your growth, the quality of the fruit, and it's going to determine what you are becoming because fruit can get better, even better. In James 3, we're being warned is tame your tongue because it's a powerful muscle. Words can hurt. Words do matter. Houston, we have a problem because sometimes it just slips right out, doesn't it? And I think many of us, probably all of us, at one point have experienced the damages of words. But also, I hope that you have experienced edifying words, the power of words to lift you up, encouragement, to support you. Perhaps you had a teacher 
they're just stuck by you, had a, paid a little bit more attention to you, gave you some extra time, tried to encourage you. Perhaps you have a friend that does that to you. Maybe a mentor. That's the fruit that we're talking about here. And it means is that the fruit that we're talking about here is not for you, it's for others, right? This is where we say amen. amen. So, who we are on the inside determines what we do on the outside. So a tree that produces fruit is a healthy tree. A tree that continues to grow and stand firm and produce more and more to bless others. How's my speech? How's my production? Even when I'm cornered or surprised or... Has anyone ever hurt your little toe on the coffee table or in the bathtub? For the love of man, that little toe can get me to flip. Like, and to a point that it's not just me getting all freaked out, but it affects my whole household. Right? So in Proverbs 21, verse 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. It goes much deeper than just circumstantial impact of your word. It has to do with your soul, your heart, your, your, the foundation of our being. Whoever guards his mouth. Our favorite topic, self-control. Here we go again, right? Are you sick of hearing about self-control yet? No. You're not. You shouldn't be, ever. <laughs> do you have it? Do you lose it sometimes? Both, a little bit? In normal circumstances, of course, we do well, but, but there's these times, right? Stuff happens. Are we then better off to learn how to keep our mouths shut all the time? No. Absolutely not. We do live in a divided society. Men and women. Quite different. Niner fans, Raider fans, quite different. There, there, there will be differences. There will be miscommunications and disagreements. Different opinions. So it takes wisdom to discern between a disagreement and convictions. And maybe if it's even worth it or truly needed, a correction. But Jesus never really got crazy mad. He got, he got pretty mad, right? But he never lost self-control. So that self-control part is important. That self-control, because not every disagreement is worth launching a conflict. Let me say that again. Not every disagreement is worth launching a conflict. Launching a conflict is putting ourselves... In the judgment seat. And I urge you to be very, very careful with that. In Matthew 7, 1, it reads, Judge not, so you be not judged. Our differences shouldn't lead us to division. We ought to love our neighbor, right? Perhaps that we ought to love our neighbor should, should have a little addition, even when it seems impossible. 
But the Bible doesn't need any addition, but we can think it. Love your neighbor even when it seems impossible. That's a testimony to the gospel. That we can find unity despite our diversity. So I'm not talking about division, about diversity. The world wants us to separate so we can fight it out, right? That's what the enemy wants to do. But the reality is that more than often, the best response is no response. Keep your mouth shut. Learn it. Practice it. Not every social media post needs your opinion on it. <laughs> Try it. It's very freeing. And in 1 Corinthians 6-7, Paul takes it even further by suggesting, suggesting why just not suffer wrong? Now that's maturity. And, and let's be honest. Does your, does your opinion really matter in the world? You need, to, you need to hear my opinion. No, you don't. You don't. Does it edify does it activate maybe a positive change? I have somebody in my family, I can't name names, my wife told me, because that's going to create division in my family, that's very Dutch in her ways, and that means I always like to compare it to a typical Dutch thing to do. It's like, I don't mean to be rude, but this is here where we stop. Just don't finish that sentence. A Dutchman? Or woman will finish that sentence. <laughs> Almost like, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm gonna. Right? Proof's in the pudding. Example. She can go to a restaurant, and we have a nice meal. She'll ask the chef to come out and criticize him and tell him how to do a better job. <laughs> Why? Why? And then I ask, why, why? Why is that important? I think he needs to know. <laughs> Woo! That's why I almost lose it, right? So we all lose, and I didn't. But in Ephesians 4, verse 29, it reads, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ah, that's that word. Listen. Building up what their needs are. That, that suggests that we got to get to know people first, right? Benefit others. Points at service of others. Listen. Listen to somebody else has spoken their last word. And really listen. Try to see where needs are. A lot of people are bad at asking for help. So sometimes we need to listen more to find out what they really need. Yes. So we can respond properly. Yes. That's the fruit I'm talking about tonight. So the way you treat people is an important way to spread the attractiveness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your day-to-day -day behavior formulates your life and your life as a Christian is a sermon. 
Patience, compassion, gentleness, and love all feed into this. Your words and deeds, they convey a message to everybody around you. They speak of the truth that you live by, the values you live for, and whom you love. And you don't have to be a pastor to give a powerful sermon. You've got to be a Christian who has surrendered himself or herself to the Spirit of God. The most effective sermons do not come from behind the pulpit. They come from the pulpit of your workplace. I don't know, it's an assembly line, a forklift, perhaps an iron board or, or a sink, delivery van. And you may not be there yet. I am not there yet. But I'm getting closer. Let me say that again. We may not be there yet. But we're getting closer. So there's a couple of applications here. Number one, be be patient. It's going to take time. A tree needs to grow. It takes time to produce. Opposition will happen. The elements, right, can destroy a whole crop. But storms, rains, frost, those kind of things can also strengthen your root system. So don't be discouraged when there's a storm. Because sometimes God needs to show us a storm so we understand what peace looks like. Amen. Right. Stand firm in your walk. There's no partiality. There's no buffet-style Christianity where you only pick the, the bacon and, 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 and the white toast, right? And being the Word. To me, like for a tree, water, temperature, lights, those are the essential components for growth. This is the gospel, guys. That's the gospel. That's the Word of God. And mind your surroundings. Interestingly enough, most often the best fruit is produced in orchards. What does that mean? Surround yourself with other good trees. It really helps. Church is a good, good place to start very often. And this one I like. Be kind. Just just be kind. In, in Psalm 34, 13, it reads, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Instead, build up, encourage, and console. Be a bucket filler. I need to under, uh, explain that one. The bucket filler. So I got two eight-year-old little girls, and they've taught me about being a bucket dipper or a bucket filler. What do we want to be? Bucket fillers. So mind your intake. What do you read? What do you look? What do you listen to? Who do you listen to? And of course, be on guard. Be alert and of of sober mind. We don't compromise. And this is something I need to tell myself too. Do not compromise. 
In James 3, it reads, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can it? No, no it can't. Effectively saying that you can't walk on both sides. It's impossible to do that as a Christian. And be confident. Because good fruit is the only outcome for a healthy tree. And the Spirit of God that's been given to us, which is God's available power for believers. That's the water we drink from when we're thirsty. We can tap into that in prayer and unleash it in our lives. And what do we get in the Spirit? We get love because He is love. We get peace that surpasses all understanding and joy, enjoying the promise. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mindset. And sometimes that's difficult. Especially when you've gone through a lot. Gratitude is your number one antidote. What have you been given? What's in you eventually will come out. An analogy that I like as well is when you look at a Coke bottle and it gets shaken. What happens if you open it up? It all comes out. What comes out if you get shaken? Now, if you wait a little while and then open it up, nothing will happen. We tell our kids to, to, to sometimes to take it easy, pause, you know, count to 10 when something happens. Do we do that for ourselves? Count to 10? I actually started counting to 10 in a different language because otherwise it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and nothing has happened. I'm still as shaken as I was before. So I, I do it in a different language. Helps a little bit. But we need to learn, and here's the key word for tonight, Pause. We need to learn how to pause. We pause when we're discouraged. We pause when we're attacked. We pause when we feel insecure. We pause when things don't go our way. We pause when somebody ticks you off. And we pause when we are sad. We pause and we pause. And in the loudness of our lives and in our world, during a pause is very often the Holy Spirit's opportunity to squeeze in a word. So we need to listen in that pause. And we need to mimic the teacher. We need to mimic Jesus Christ. We follow him. We do as he does Speak as he does. Because Jesus shows us the heart of the Father. You can't be an apple tree without growing apples. It's an impossibility. It's going to happen. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. It is going to happen. It's an improbability for it not to. When you feed the root system of an apple tree, you will get apples. 
healthy fruit. And what's in it for you? In Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, and this is the message translation, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's a nice translation. There's a famous philosopher called Friedrich Nietzsche, infamous atheist, by the way. He said, there's only really been one Christian, and that's Christ. I, th- I think he was, he was probably right. He was the only one that lived a perfect life. But I think he was really, really wrong because he didn't know the gospel. The good news that tells us we can be a Christian even when we fail. Perhaps because we fail. Because we know that we fail. And we press into him to continue on our path. He's leading us on the path to perfection. That is Jesus. Now, isn't that the attractiveness of the gospel? You're not perfect. Of course, you're not. I'm not perfect. But we're progressing. So let me tell you. Keep going. Stay at it. Stay at it. Don't quit. Press on. Stay the course. Any bridge graduate can attest to this. And we've heard that several times in the last couple of weeks. Do not quit. Because it will happen. That there's pressures in your life means that God is still working in your life. He's molding and shaping you. And that may be uncomfortable. But you can also give yourself a little mercy. Because he's given it to you as well. You are progressing. We are progressing. But sometimes it's difficult to see. And sometimes it seems slow. Like calories. Eventually it's going to show, right? Who left? But rest assured, friends, he will finish the good work in you and he will complete it. He promises us that in Philippians. So practice self-control, the self-control of your words. Learn how to pause And the end of verse 45, it reads, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Full of what? Full of Jesus, right? Can I hear that? Let your mouth speak of him and his ways. Allow this transformation to take place. Allow him to give you a new way of life. Which also means that we're flawed, we're not there yet. It's it's a path. Towards it. What you will breathe in will will come out. So let's breathe in Jesus. 
And we'll receive the Holy Spirit, we read in John 20, 22. I am the way, the truth, and the life. A new way. And our future isn't what we create, but what he gives us. And mercy plays a big role in this. His ability added to our inability. And sometimes it seems like there's nothing going to come out of it. But in my, in my front yard, I've, I've got a mandarin tree we even forgot that we planted. It was surrounded by crap. Can you say that in church? Thank you, Mark. But out of nowhere, this winter, it started just delivering fruit. And it was awesome. Abundantly. And that can happen with you. That can happen with you tonight. Right here. Do we want that to happen? I pray that your fruit will be plentiful and that you know it will come. So Lord Father, we thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for speaking to us and encouraging us. Lord, we just pray for a, a magnificent breakthrough tonight, Father, in this room, Lord, that your word will deeply sink in and change our ways and our hearts, Father. Help us be better servants of you. Help us with our faith. Help us search the power of your Holy Spirit in our day-to-day -day walk so we commit the rest of this week into your hands, and we thank you for meeting us here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.